Hey, this is Paul Tomko, and you're listening to episode 35 of the Anti-Aging Lifestyle. Look, you only get one shot at this thing called life. And your lifestyle, the decisions you make every day, are either making you age faster or slower. Anti-aging is my passion. My goal is to give you the tools to live a long, healthy life. And of course, make sure you look good along your journey. I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to use this podcast to help find those answers so we can all live our best life. Let's get started. What's going on, everyone? Hopefully everyone's having a good July so far. I can't believe the year is over halfway over already. And where I live right now in Seattle, the gyms are still closed for at least a few more weeks. So I thought this whole home workout thing was only going to last for a couple months at the most. But here we are now going on, you know, March, April, May, June, I mean, four, four plus months now. So it's almost become the new norm. And uh, hopefully you guys are staying active wherever you guys are at and staying healthy, most importantly. So today's episode is all about saunas. I'm sure you guys have heard of saunas and their reported health benefits. I've definitely heard about them in the past, and I just want to do a deep dive on them to really get into their benefits and risks, if any. So today, all about saunas. When we talk about saunas, the first thing to realize is they've had a very long history, going back at least several thousand years And they've been used for benefits such as cleansing, relaxation, and weight loss benefits for a long time. The Mayans were the first reported use of saunas that I could find over 3,000 years ago. Mayans were already using saunas. And then the people of Finland, Finns are big in their sauna usage, as are Koreans. Uh, Japanese and Chinese are a little bit more, uh, more of a history using hot springs. But I'm sure, I'm sure if you look over many of the cultures of the world, if you dig in deep enough, you're going to find that using saunas, using heat benefits, whether it's from a hot spring or a steam room, I'm sure a lot of cultures do this. So let's dive into some of those benefits. And full disclosure, I used to think saunas honestly were kind of stupid, just being honest. And the reason is I would go to the gym. I've been working out consistently pretty hardcore in the gym for about 20 years now. So the gym that I grew up uh, going to was 24-hour fitness here near Seattle. And I would be doing these super intense, super you know rigorous workouts. And then I'd go to the locker room. I'd be exhausted, covered in sweat. And I'd see these people just hanging out in the sauna room. Just To me, they are just hanging out. They weren't working hard and they were just you know, working up a sweat because I knew going in the sauna, you would be sweating. But when I was growing up, I just always assumed like they were slacking off and I was working hard. And I always kind of had that mentality of like, why, why don't you guys just work out? Like why come here just to sweat in the sauna? I just thought it was pretty ridiculous. But of course, as many times in life as it goes, as you learn more and more facts, you begin to realize things are not always as they appear to be. So now I realize that saunas do have a ton of different benefits. Now, when we talk about the different types of saunas, there's the more traditional Finnish sauna, which uses a dry heat. Normally, uh, temperature ranges between 160 degrees to 200 degrees Fahrenheit, 
or around 90 degrees Celsius with a very low humidity, normally around 10 to 20 percent. And it's going to be heated with either some type of wood burning used to heat the room or hot sauna rocks that are placed in the room. Or it's going to have some kind of electric heating element, which is normally used under the floor. And again, both of these methods, either one is going to create that high temperature with a relatively low humidity. Then another type of saunas are far infrared saunas, and they use special lamps that create these light waves that literally heat your body instead of heating the entire room. And because they're aimed at your body, they're warming up your body and not the entire room, the temperatures in those rooms are typically a lot lower, normally around 140 degrees Fahrenheit or around 60 degrees Celsius. Then there's also steam rooms. Steam rooms are a bit different from saunas. Normally, it's a combination treatment of moisture and heat. And because it's such a humid environment, you cannot handle nearly as high temperatures. So normally, the temperatures are lower between 110 to 120 degrees Fahrenheit, which again, in Celsius, 43 to 49-ish degrees Celsius. And normally, these rooms are 100% humidity. They are very humid. Now, regardless of the option that you choose, the beneficial effects on the body are very similar across all these options. Although it is argued that potentially the infrared saunas are more comfortable because it's a lower temperature, and because it's more comfortable, because the lower temperatures, it's easier to get a higher percentage of the population in those infrared saunas for longer periods of time to get those beneficial effects. Now, before we go into all these benefits, I do want to briefly mention hot yoga. Now, most versions of hot yoga follow the Bikram style of yoga, which typically uses like an electric warm air heater, sometimes infrared radiant panels to warm the room. But the room is typically between 100 to 105 degrees on average, uh, again, Fahrenheit here. And I've done a lot of Bikram yoga in the past. And I've experienced sessions as as low as 85 degrees Fahrenheit, which was like almost not warm enough, and as hot as 115, 117 degrees Fahrenheit, which was which was a long session to say the least. Humidity is normally around 40%, but it depends obviously based on the studio that you go to, the location of that studio, whether or not they're cracking windows during the session if it gets too humid. But again, the most popular type of hot yoga is Bikram yoga. And those classes are a series of 26 different postures and sequences. And the class lasts for 90 minutes. So it's definitely not a short session. (laughs) So now the benefits of the sauna. So when you walk into a sauna, instantly your skin temperature is going to begin rising. Your pulse rate will start increasing significantly. Your blood vessels are becoming dilated. Sweating begins. So what's going on in the body? What are the benefits? One of the biggest benefits of saunas is you're going to see an improved cardiovascular health. There's a huge study that came out of Finland that tracked a group of over 2,000 men between ages 42 to 60 for a 20-year span. And they found those that use saunas regularly had a lower risk of dying from any type of cardiovascular disease. They broke the men down further into groups of people that were doing the sauna once a week, two to three times a week, and four to seven times a week. And they found further benefit was seen 
both in preventing sudden cardiac death and preventing the developments of cardiovascular disease with the greatest benefit at the highest frequency of sauna usage. So in a study that four to seven times a week saw the greatest benefits. Now, uh, granted with this study, uh, association does not mean causation. There's obviously many factors at play here. So it definitely doesn't mean that the sauna can simply replace an exercise program because when it comes to preventing disease, the evidence is, is undeniable when it comes to regular exercise and anti-aging benefits across the board. But it can definitely help improve your cardiovascular health. And it's not just heart disease. They've shown that really all-cause mortality is reduced by almost 40% in that four to seven sauna sessions a week case. And that's huge. All-cause mortality, that means doesn't matter what you're dying from, whether it's heart disease, cancer, diabetes, Literally, by going in a sauna between four to seven times a week, uh, 20 minutes a session or so, you can reduce your risk of dying across the board by 40%. That's huge. And again, this is association, not causation, but it's still very eye-opening results. Now, one of the reasons for this may be the activation of what are called heat shock proteins. Heat shock proteins, you may have heard of before. I know Dr. Rhonda Patrick is really big on heat shock proteins, but they're a type of protein that gets produced during stressful conditions, and they help your body repair and transport damaged proteins to just improve the overall health of your cell function and just your overall health in general. So if you extrapolate that, it can be assumed that heat shock proteins will help prevent DNA damage, prevent uh, misdamaged cells from causing more damage in your body, which will help prevent the spread of disease, spreading tumors, spreading cancer, all from getting too far. Another benefit of saunas is because they're allowing your blood vessels to dilate, you're going to be increasing your blood circulation. And increasing your blood circulation in general is just a really good, healthy thing to do. You need your blood to be flowing throughout your body because that's what really gets new waste products pushed out of your cells, new nutrients into your cells. And getting your blood circulation to improve is just going to help your healing across the board. Whether you have damaged tissues on the inside, maybe you have uh, sore muscles or you maybe even torn something, torn ligaments. Or it's going to even help with external wounds, whether it's a minor bruise or some kind of cut on your body. Increasing your blood circulation is always a great idea to help improve the rate at which you're healing. Also, saunas can help you flush toxins from your body. Now, many, many people do not sweat nearly enough, if at all, on a daily basis, especially when it comes to something like a deep sweat. Now, working up a good sweat has multiple health benefits. Now, again, when you, when you think about sweating... Sweat is literally stimulated in the body by the nervous system. They're stimulating the sweat glands to become activated, and it's used as a cooling mechanism for your body so that you don't overheat. Now, sweat itself is composed of around 99% water, so it's mostly just water, but there's also going to be some toxins in the sweat, some heavy metals, potentially some water-soluble vitamins, uh, and electrolytes. Oftentimes, if you have a lot of sodium in your diet and you're sweating, you will taste your sweat and it will be very, very salty because of the electrolytes, the, the sodium that's being pushed out of your body. But toxins like lead, copper, zinc, nickel, or mercury, which are some of the big ones, they're literally present in our environment everywhere. There's a ton of different chemicals in our system, whether it's from the foods that we eat, the clothes that we're wearing, even the air that we're breathing. If you're using any kind of cosmetic products, there's there's just trace amounts of a lot of different toxins in our daily life. 
So if you work up a deep sweat through the use of a sauna, you can actually help reduce some of the levels of the toxins in your body. Now, as a side note, there is a debate on just how much your body is actually detoxing during a heavy sweating session, like in a sauna, because it is known that your kidney, your liver, and intestines likely do the majority of the detoxing of heavy metals and other uh, pretty nasty toxins. But still, working up a deep sweat most certainly helps some, and it definitely doesn't hurt. Now, another big benefit of using saunas regularly is that it can reduce your chance of getting Alzheimer's or just any type of dementia. That same 20-year study out of Finland with over 2,000 participants showed that regular sauna usage, again, in their study, just some more stats, they were doing, on average, 19 minutes a day for their sauna sessions. And again, they broke out the groups into, you know, once a week, two to three times a week, four to seven times a week. And at that four to seven times a week of sauna usage, they saw a significant decrease in the risk of developing Alzheimer's disease. And again, any type of dementia. I mean, if you even go to the official Alzheimer's Association website, which is alz.org, you will literally see sweating as one of their top 10 prevention tips for preventing Alzheimer's. So... I mean, if you see it on their official website, then it must be true, right? (laughs) But uh, I mean, still, this is an amazing benefit. Are you kidding me? No matter what your age is, the thought of developing Alzheimer's or dementia as you get older and I mean, just really losing yourself, your, your memories, your thought patterns, the things that we associate with who we are. Imagine just losing that. I mean, that would be that would be tough. So anything that you can do to help prevent Alzheimer's, the onset of Alzheimer's, especially something as simple as a sauna session, I mean, sign me up. (laughs) Now, another big benefit of using saunas regularly is you're going to have an increased ability to focus. Now, the reason for this is because during a sauna session, you see a significant increase in norepinephrine, which uh, norepinephrine is a hormone and neurotransmitter that is used for many things in your body, but it helps with your ability to focus. You're also going to see increased levels of prolactin. Prolactin is another hormone that helps with increasing brain function. And we're talking about huge increases here. Like after a 20-minute session, a normal session of sauna, you can see a two-fold increase in norepinephrine and a five-fold increase in prolactin. So your brain is getting all the hormones, all the neurotransmitters that it needs to increase your ability to focus. And this has even led to some believing that saunas could be a very effective treatment for ADHD, which seems to be on the rise these days, whether or not um, it's because of our culture and all the different stimulus that we have coming in at all times, or it's truly a a chemical imbalance that's kind of propagating within our culture as early as, you know, being a kid. Uh, Still TBD on that, but the fact is you hear ADHD, especially when it comes to kids and, and young adults, it seems like, as a more and more common thing these days. So anything that you can do to help deal with that ADHD, especially on a natural route, is always going to be something that I favor over taking medication. Now, in terms of anxiety and depression, they've shown that heat stress, like from a sauna, has been shown to increase what's called your brain-derived neurotropic factor, also known as BDNF. 
even more than exercise alone. And it's even better when you use it in conjunction with exercise. Now, BDNFs are amazing because they help your brain literally create new brain cells. It's also going to help boost the survival of existing neurons in your brain and boost your memory and learning ability. And if that isn't a big enough benefit, BDNFs have also been shown to reduce anxiety and depression that are linked to early life stressful events. Now, saunas are also going to be releasing endorphins, which are going to naturally make you feel better. Again, we normally talk about the runner's high, and that's association with endorphins. But really, anytime your body goes through some kind of discomfort associated with a workout or like a sauna session, you're going to be getting this surge of endorphin release. And endorphins are literally a natural opioid, so they're going to be your body's natural painkiller that gets released naturally to help you feel better. Using saunas will also help you reduce your levels of cortisol that you have in your body, which is another stress hormone that can sometimes be released in excess and cause inflammation in your body. So sauna usage can be a great way to control how much cortisol is released in your body. Saunas can also help you improve the quality of your sleep. Now, one of the reasons why we fall asleep is because you have naturally decreasing levels of endorphins and your body temperature also decreases as you fall asleep. Now, because saunas boost both your endorphins and your body temperature, as that decline occurs, once you leave the sauna, your body temperature going back down to normal, your endorphins falling back down to a normal level, as that fall occurs, it can make you sleepier and increase the quality of your deep sleep once you fall asleep. This is similar to one of the big reasons why doing a good hard workout during the day helps you fall asleep faster. Not only is your body tired from the workout, but that cascade of hormones, that lowering of the endorphins as the day goes on, that lowering body temperature, both those help you fall asleep faster and contribute to deeper sleep. Now, saunas can also help you fight illnesses. There's a German research team that demonstrated how sauna usage, particularly steam saunas in their study, can actually help boost your white blood cell count, which is going to help you fight off any kind of illness or virus. Also keep in mind, speaking of steam saunas, that steam saunas can actually help you relieve any kind of sinus congestion that you have from colds or allergies just to help you breathe better. Now, that being said, if I go to a sauna and I see someone whose nose is just running all over the place, uh, not exactly the most uh, exciting experience, but... Um, if you have your own private steam sauna at home, by all means, I'm sure if you're really sick, if you're really congested, it's really going to help out a lot. Another big sauna benefit is the ability to cleanse your skin. Now, as your body temperature rises, your skin temperature is also going to rise. They've shown that your skin temperature while in a sauna will increase up to about 104 degrees Fahrenheit, which is significantly higher than normal. Now, the sweating process that occurs because of that increased temperature, that sweat is actually going to help rinse out bacteria from your epidermal layer. Again, your epidermal layer is that very top layer of skin. So it's going to help clean out bacteria from that epidermal layer. It's going to actually help you clean out your sweat ducts that can get clogged sometimes over time if you're not sweating. And cleaning out your pores from the inside out is just going to help improve the overall capillary circulation that is going to your skin over time, giving it more nutrients than it normally would have, and just helping your skin become more elastic over time, and it's going to help reduce signs of aging, which is amazing. One tip, though, is just make sure that you do get a good shower after you work up a good sweat, because we just talked about how all your sweat ducts are being cleared, all the bacteria is being rinsed from your skin. 
But after your workout or after your sauna session, if you're just hanging out and you let all that sweat and bacteria just sit on your skin and get caked in and get dried up again, then your pores may be even blocked more than before and that's going to help contribute to acne forming. So ideally, as soon as your, your sauna session is done or your workout's over, the sooner that you can take a good shower and remove all that sweat and bacteria, the better. Even better is if you can gently exfoliate during that shower to help really remove that top layer of dead skin cells, that epidermal layer, which is really going to help reveal that softer skin beneath and make it even more breathable for your skin. So gentle exfoliating is always a good idea. Another potential benefit of using saunas is the ability to help you burn more calories because saunas do burn calories. It's estimated that the average person will burn roughly 300 calories per single you know, 20-minute sauna session. Of course, depending on your current condition, your overall metabolism, the size of the individual, but still, this is a significant amount of calories being burned. Now, the reason why this happens is because when you're in a sauna, when you're in there, your heart rate's going to be increasing, and with your increased heart rate, you're going to be creating an increased oxygen demand in your body, which ends up just burning more calories. That being said, it doesn't mean you can just sit around in a sauna all day, and that's going to give you the body of your dreams either, because being in a sauna is not going to shape your body, it's not going to give you strength, it's not going to give you muscle tone or correct any kind of postural misalignments all on its own. But when used in conjunction with exercise, with workouts, it can definitely boost the benefits of those workouts. In fact, they've shown that saunas can help boost the amount of muscle that you gain directly from your workouts. And this happens because of what's called heat acclimation, which occurs from regular sauna usage. Because as your body becomes more acclimated to the heat, your muscles actually break down less frequently. And when you're breaking down less muscle and you're building the same amount of muscle from your workouts, your lifting sessions, or whatever resistance that you're using, again, you're going to see a net increase in the amount of muscle growth that you have because, again, you're breaking down less muscle, but you're still building the, the same amount of muscle. Now, the reason why muscles break down less once they've been acclimated to heat is probably because of the activated heat shock proteins, the release of growth hormone, and the improved insulin sensitivity that occurs with heat acclimation, which is, I mean, these three benefits are all amazing for not just longevity, but also for overall health and muscle growth. Now, keep in mind that some people believe that saunas will let them lose a large amount of weight very, very quickly. And that is just not the case. Definitely not. You can easily lose water weight very, very quickly. I mean, after a normal 20-minute sauna session, you could easily lose a pound of water. But you may, like I said, only burn 300 calories. And we know a pound of adipose tissue, of fat tissue, is 3,500 calories, 3,500 calories. So if you're burning 300 calories in this example during a sauna session, you're not losing a pound of fat, even though your weight may have decreased by a pound over the course of that sauna session because of all that water loss. You really lost about one twelfth of a pound of fat, which is about one ounce of fat loss, which is, I mean, that's still nothing to laugh about. That's significant. But if you think you're going to jump in a sauna and lose a couple pounds of fat, like instantly, it's just not going to be the case. That's, that's water weight that you're losing. And if you push it to the extreme, you can, you can actually hurt your body. So you want to make sure that you stay well hydrated. And of course, if you lose two or three pounds over a really intense sauna session, as soon as you drink that water again, you're going to gain that, that weight right back, the water weight that you lost. 
And that doesn't mean that the sauna isn't beneficial. It doesn't mean it's not helping you. But fat loss doesn't happen that fast. It's not an instantaneous type of thing. But if you use a sauna in conjunction with a big calorie burning workout, like a, a good high intensity HIIT training workout, you can really get the best of both worlds. You can use the sauna at the end of your workout. And saunas, again, have been shown to decrease muscle breakdown, increase growth hormone, and actually protect your body against free radicals that are oftentimes released during a workout. So it's really going to be boosting the benefits that you get from your workouts. Now, the last benefit that I wanted to mention with saunas is the social aspect of saunas. Now, sure, you could spend time in your sauna at home if you have a home sauna, which I feel like in America, much less common than somewhere like Finland. (laughs) But still, I'm sure you could spend time alone as a way to relax on your own or just kind of escape from life for a little bit. But there is a potential social element. Like I know with my best friends, we get together sometimes in Seattle over the holidays And we head to this amazing co-ed Russian bathhouse. And at this Russian bathhouse, they have these different cycles where you go through a steam room into a hot, dry sauna. Then you do a cold plunge. And then you go from the cold plunge into a salt water bath, which is like a room temperature salt water bath. And it is, uh, it's definitely an experience. You get, you feel amazing. And we will stay literally three or four hours at a time sometimes, just catching up, laughing with each other, having an amazing time while we are rejuvenating our body, healing our bodies. And when we leave there, I mean, endorphins are high. We feel amazing. If you had any kind of aches or pains, those are always gone. And you just feel very refreshed and clean afterward. So there's definitely a potential benefit of using saunas in a social setting if that is an option for you. Now, when we talk about potential risks of saunas, there are a couple that we should mention. Now, moderate use of saunas appears to be safe for just about anyone. But that being said, if you're currently dealing with any signs of cardiovascular disease or if you had a recent heart attack, you definitely want to talk to a doctor before going into a very hot sauna. Also, in terms of shocking your system, if you have any kind of blood pressure problems, it is probably not the best idea to go from a hot, hot sauna jumping into a a cold pool because jumping into that cold pool straight away from that sauna is really going to jack up your blood pressure. It's going to go through the roof. And again, if you have any kind of heart problems or blood pressure problems, you definitely don't want to aggravate any kind of condition. So definitely work with a doctor and see if that's safe or an option for you. Also, if you have extremely low blood pressure, you want to be careful as well. Because again, saunas are dilating your blood vessels. So saunas can actually lower your blood pressure even further. And if again, if you're at risk of passing out normally, just from having a really, really low blood pressure from standing up too quickly, you definitely want to be careful going into a hot sauna because it may take you over the edge. Another big risk of using saunas is the dehydration factor. Again, you're going to be sweating a lot and sweating can lead to dehydration, especially if you're normally not drinking enough water as is. So you definitely want to monitor that. One way to do that is to weigh yourself before you go into a sauna and then weigh yourself when you leave the sauna. And you just want to make sure that you drink enough water so that you weigh the same before and after the sauna session. Again, the goal is not to get weight loss overnight. You're losing body fat, you're burning calories. But most of that weight loss that you're experiencing from a sauna session is just water. So you want to replace those fluids as soon as possible. Also keep in mind if you're in a very, very hot sauna, the water that you should be drinking should be like room temperature water. If you're drinking ice cold water, that can actually cause your body to heat up even more because your body can't use or process ice cold water. 
it needs to warm it up first before it can be used by your cells. And as your body's warming up that ice cold water, it's actually going to be increasing your body temperature temporarily. I made that mistake a long time ago doing hot yoga. I'd always bring in a frozen gallon of water that had very little liquid water and just a big chunk of ice because I figured it was so warm in that room that, and I really like drinking cold water, at least growing up I did, that I just figured that warm room would melt that ice over time and it would just give me ice water throughout my entire 90-minute hot yoga session. The problem is, what I didn't realize is drinking that ice water in that hot yoga session actually made me, um, it made it a lot worse. It made me suffer a lot more because uh, not only was the room so warm and not only were we doing yoga poses, but I was drinking this ice water on top of that, which made my body heat up even more. And I mean, that was that was definitely my toughest yoga, hot yoga session of all time when I was trying to chug a gallon of ice water during my session. And the next time I went into the room and I brought a gallon of just room temperature water and the room was the exact same temperature and that session was so much more enjoyable and so much more manageable. So especially when you're going into a very hot sauna, just be mindful of that. Do not be drinking ice water. Otherwise, it's, it's just going to amplify the effects even further. But yeah, in general, just again with the hydration issue, make sure if you're getting lightheaded or starting to feel dizzy or you get a headache or if you start feeling really thirsty, get out of the sauna and get hydrated right away. And this is especially true if you have any kind of history of kidney disease, which is going to give you an even higher risk of becoming dehydrated. Also, side note, you do want to avoid any kind of vasoconstriction activities like drinking alcohol or smoking before you go into a sauna because that vasoconstriction can actually impair your body's ability to sweat, which can lead to your body temperature rising even further than it should be. And it can, again, if your body temperature is rising out of control, uh, it can get uh, not very good very fast. <laughs> so, so don't drink a bunch of alcohol or smoke a bunch before you go into the sauna because it can lead to uh, negative health consequences. In general, I recommend that you limit your time in any one sauna session to about 20 minutes or so in terms of maximizing your health benefit without staying too long. But if you're just starting out, try five minutes, try 10 minutes and see how you feel. But overall, I think just about everyone would see huge benefits by using saunas regularly from decreasing your risk of dying from literally anything to improving your brain power, giving you deeper sleep, increasing the effectiveness of your workouts so that you're you're healing even faster, and just overall making you feel better. I mean, this list of benefits is is amazing in my opinion. So definitely something to try out if you can. But that's it for episode 35. For now, we're going to roll into topical tip 35. And I'm going to be talking about the power of your imagination and how you can use your imagination to shape your life. So let's get into that right now. Here we go. Now, on today's Tomco tip, I want to talk about the power of your imagination and your ability to use your imagination to shape your life. Now, the human mind is very, very powerful. I mean, humans are unique in many regards. Now, with enough focus, you can literally use your mind to take yourself on a journey in your mind into the future to help you understand certain situations. Now, it doesn't matter what you're trying to visualize, whether you're trying to decide which company to work for, which job to take. Maybe you're trying to make a decision in your relationship. 
but you're able to literally go in your mind and go through those different options. And with enough focus, you can actually live out each of those different pathways and get real emotional responses to how you will feel in those different scenarios. And now this is incredibly powerful because it can really help you decide how to move forward in life. Also, if you have a goal that you're trying to pursue in life, and maybe you have a lack of confidence when you think about pursuing that goal, oftentimes you can use visualization as a way to visualize success as you achieve that goal again and again. And that can be the difference between making it and taking enough action to actually see that through or not. I like to think of visualization as this spark. Say you're trying to build this huge fire. Well, you need that spark. You need that initial burst of motivation that initial burst of inspiration and belief to get that fire going. And then once you get that initial fire started, then you have to take all that action. You have to take massive action to find those logs to place on that fire. Or in real life, you have to take that action to put the work in every single day to see that dream become a reality. I mean, you can easily get lost in your own thoughts as well. So it's definitely a balancing act between visualizing what you want to do, visualizing success, and then actually going out and achieving that success with action, with massive action, day after day, week after week, year after year. That being said though, with no spark, with no initial flame, then there can be no big fire. So visualization, use it as a tool, it's a very powerful tool to help you get started, to help you foresee the future before you actually take the action that's necessary to unfold that future. But visualization is incredibly powerful when used correctly. And I hope it gives you the spark that you need to achieve whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. But that's it for this episode. Until next time. Thanks. Love you guys.